A reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 103, verses 8 through 14. We read, Lord, you are full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You will not always accuse us, nor will you keep your anger forever. You have not dealt with us according to our sins, nor repaid us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is your steadfast love for those who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our transgression from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so you have compassion for those who fear you, O Lord. For you know well how we are formed. You remember that we are but dust. Here ends the reading. Grace and peace to you from God, who is full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Amen. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return, a phrase we don't hear very often except on a day like today, or maybe if you and I have gathered at the graveside of a loved one where the preacher uses those words, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. When most people think of dust, they think of that fine layer of white or brown clinging to the top of unused books or knickknacks sitting on the shelves in our room or being magnetically attracted to the screens we place in front of our eyes. Having spent almost 50 years of my life in the desert of Arizona is not unusual for desert tornadoes or dust devils to wickedly whip their way up into the sky as a monsoon is on its way. And some of you may have even seen on YouTube or the local news last July when a haboob hit the Phoenix area, a massive cloud of dust that rose 8,000 feet high and 60 miles wide, covering the whole metropolitan area of Phoenix with dust. But the dust we ponder upon today is a little different. The ashes on our forehead and the litany of remember you are dust and to dust you will return reminds all of us of our mortality and the essence of being a creature and not the creator. Old Testament professor Theodore Hebert invites students to consider counterbalancing the, the, the creation account of Genesis 1 where humans are made in God's image and are appearing as the crown of all creation with that second account of creation in Genesis 2 where humans are formed out of the fertile earth just like the other forms of life. This vision of creation emphasizes human interconnectedness, interrelatedness with nature and the need to serve it rather than using it simply to serve human needs. Ash Wednesday helps all of us as we each live between that push and pull between hubris and humility. 
I find this day as a gift to provide perspective for daily living. When I receive the mark of the cross on my head and hear the words of my earthiness, I cannot help but remember the moments when this has really been brought home. I remember as a 15-year-old making my way to a scenic point upon the Catalina Mountains that border the north side of the Tucson, Arizona area. At Windy Point, my mother and my three sisters and I greeted the dawn of a new day that was different than any other day before. My mother carried a cardboard box and within that box was a tied plastic bag. As we gathered overlooking the edge of the mountainside, my mother opened that plastic bag and each of us grabbed a handful a handful of what were the burnt remains of my father, who had died at the age of 47 after a two-year battle with brain cancer. As the wind scattered my father's remains over the mountains overlooking the city that it was his childhood home, I could not help but wrestle with the thoughts of how death interrupts our life and our life's plans. And this physical body that we cherish and abuse Worship and reject ends up simply, as Bob Dylan says, dust blowing in the wind. Just about seven years ago, my family gathered again together. Sisters and, and, and brothers and brothers-in-laws, nieces and nephews and a lone grandmother. And once again, there was a cardboard box containing a tied plastic bag. My oldest sister placed that box upon a picnic table. Prayers and scripture were, were read. Then everyone took a red solo cup and took a scoop out of the bag and then wandered in various directions across soccer fields that carried memories of, our, of my 17-year-old nephew who went from state soccer champion hero to being dead within 24 hours after complaining about a severe headache and a fever. What appeared like flu-like symptoms in the evening later revealed that morning was an attack, was the fatal onslaught of bacterial meningitis that killed him. As I shared in the scattering, I could not help but hear in the words of my mind, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Ash Wednesday invites us to accept our mortality, our finiteness, our imperfection, and our earthiness. Ash Wednesday allows you and me to stop and offer any sense of hubris we may have and receive the gift of humility by trusting in who God is and whose we are. Though much has been said and written about Apple co-founder Steve Jobs, I found his words at the 2005 Stanford commencement address insightful. His comments on death are fitting for a day like today. When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. It made an impression on me. And since then, for the past 33 years, I have looked into the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm doing today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. 
remembering that you're going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There's no reason not to follow your heart. Steve Jobs, each of you in your own experiences of facing your own mortality or the mortality of others you love, remind us that each day that we awaken, we awaken to a gift, a gift that we did not create, a gift that we did not earn, a gift that we cannot buy. The psalmist sings it well for all of us who struggle, struggle between hubris and humility, or for those from a Lutheran tradition who have been taught the paradox of being saint and sinner, which seem like such constant companions in our daily life. The psalmist invites the assembly to come before God, trusting in a God who is full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The psalmist is clear in acknowledging that God is the creator and the creator has formed you and me from the dust. But Ash Wednesday is not just a time to focus on our mortality alone, but it's an invitation. An invitation to believe and to trust that the compassion and mercy of our God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love fully demonstrates all these qualities through God condescending God's self in the one named Jesus. It is through these weeks in the season called Lent that Christians are invited around the world to turn back to God, to the God who created us, trusting in that mercy, trusting in that compassion. Lent is an invitation to listen and learn from Jesus as he enters into the brokenness of nature, the brokenness of all humanity, as he absorbs the worst humans can offer, but through it all expresses a slowness to anger and an abundance of love. Lent is an invitation to experience a God who does not create or dole out suffering, but embraces and endures suffering so no one may doubt God's ultimate nature of love. And may this day and the Lenten season from which it launches be an opportunity for all of us to again discover in Jesus one who bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, and hopes all things, so that as we embrace our own finiteness, our own dustiness, we can move forward each day trusting in the assurance that there is nothing in all creation, not even death, that can separate us from the compassion, the mercy, and the abounding love of God through Jesus. Amen.